We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is Greg Olson, inviting you to check out my new Blue Wire podcast, TE1, where I interview tight ends throughout the history of the NFL who have helped revolutionize the position. TE1 is presented by the Chevy Silverado. The Silverado is all about grit. It's strong and dependable, exactly like playing tight end. Just like the incredible players we sit down with on the podcast, the Chevy Silverado is in a league of its own. Strong, advanced, and dependable. Download TE1 today, wherever you listen to podcasts. Blue Wire. All right, welcome back to another Throwback Thursday episode of Big Screen Sports, the sports movie podcast brought to you by Blue Wire and this week presented by Indeed and BetOnline.ag. I am your host, Kyle Banduho. Programming note that relates to today's clip that I'm about to share. In the month of October, our upcoming episodes, we are doing Rocktober. That is episodes pertaining to the Rocky movie franchise. Since I started this podcast, I think I have gotten more questions about when am I doing Rocky? When am I doing the Rocky movies? What's my favorite Rocky movie? I think more than any other sports movie franchise, besides maybe maybe Moneyball. I get a lot of Moneyball questions. But um, you know, this month gonna gonna take all questions, gonna gonna address a lot of Rocky stuff. Um going to finish the month with the last episode actually being on Rocky. Gonna the only the only traditional episode I'm gonna do this month is an episode on Rocky One, the original. I uh, haven't nailed down a guest for that one yet, but I'm looking forward to it. Gonna do, gonna do a couple other themed ones. Um, I want to do a debate of what is better, Creed versus Rocky. I think if you've been listening to this podcast for a while, I think I've said Creed is definitely more rewatchable than Rocky. I'm looking to looking to debate that this month, legislate that out. Also, I'm going to get a lot of my fellow Blue Wire podcasters, a couple other podcasters, sending me which one is their favorite Rocky movie. There's a lot of choices. I think I, I've thought about it a little bit. I think my favorite is, is Rocky Four, the whole the Drago of it all, the, uh, the Cold War era. But um, it, it is hard to, to top one. Today's Throwback Thursday clip is from my episode. The only other boxing movie I've covered is Cinderella Man. Covered it with Michael Montero, boxing writer, uh, boxing podcaster. 
Uh, he does some work for Ring Magazine. He's one of my favorite guests. I am hoping to to get him back in the mix, get him back in the ring, if you will, in some way this month for uh, for Rocky Month for October. But um, here is a here's a quick clip of when we were breaking down the most and least authentic things about Cinderella Man, which is a movie that I think's aged really well. It's really good. Michael was was perfect for it. Um, he he's a boxing historian. He knows the you know, the story, the real life story of James Braddock inside and out. Uh, was was truly an educational episode. So uh, here is that Throwback Thursday clip. If you want to go back, listen to the whole episode. is on the Big Screen Sports feed. All episodes are pretty much evergreen. Uh, like I said, hoping to get Michael back in the mix for October. Uh, so, so enjoy the clip. Check out the full episode if you haven't listened to it yet. On Monday, we've got our non-sports episode, Crazy Stupid Love, which uh, which came in second in polling in the Big Screen Sports Facebook group a couple months back. Decided to to go ahead and cover that one. One of my favorites. It's a great episode. Looking forward to dropping that. So enjoy this clip, and I'll catch you next Monday. All right, so let's get into the most authentic, least authentic. I didn't write anything down because I didn't want to. I didn't want to say the wrong thing, Michael. For you, what is the most authentic part of this movie? You think? Um, you know, I thought that they did a good job with most of the dates, uh, as far as when the fights took place, the dates, the timeline. Uh, we just talked a second ago about the hash, you know, in the Corum Griffith scene, and he said, "Imagine if I had a steak." That's a real quote. Um, some of the locations of the fights they weren't a hundred percent accurate, but I got to tell you, I see a lot of sports movies, particularly with boxing where they screw up dates, they completely change facts about the fight. They didn't do that here. They did a pretty good job with that. There's some little tweaks, but for the most part, they did a very good job. And um, I thought that there was a couple of instances in the corner where uh, Paul Giamatti was um, just talking to to Russell Crowe, to Jim Braddock, and calming him down in the corner. And there was one scene where he had, I think, a coin that he had had in ice and put it on his ear to, to stop some bleeding. And the ear was torn and just massaging him, rubbing him down, uh, showing a little bit of the psychology that takes place in, in the corner. There was a, an opponent, I can't remember which opponent it was, that looked over and said, why isn't he sitting down? Why is he standing in his corner? Right. And then they go to Giamani. He says, see, he's looking over at you. Right. He doesn't know. You know, he's wondering why you're not sitting down. You're in his head. That kind of stuff is real. That kind of stuff. It's a, that psychological stuff is a real big part of boxing, a real and really all martial arts, not just boxing. So I thought that was uh, really well done. Did you have anything for least authentic? Was there anything really glaring? I think this movie, like you said, with all the dates and everything, I know Per the IMDb trivia, they tried to make sure the money was correct. All you know, the purses and everything. They they took effort to make it authentic. Was there anything glaring that stood out to you besides kind of the Max Bear stuff we talked about? I think the the Max Bear fight they listed it as Madison Square Garden uh, in Manhattan in New York City it was actually there was a different Madison Square. I, I don't think it was called Madison Square Garden. I can't remember the exact name of the arena, but it was out on Long Island. And I think that's where they had that fight. I don't think it was in the city. I think it was out on Long Island. But it was the it, Madison Square Garden Bowl located at 48th Street and Northern Boulevard in Long Island. That was on the uh, on the IMDb trivia as well. It was torn down after WW2. I think it was turned into to an army depot or something during World War II. And that that venue was kind of known as a venue where champions were upset. 
there were several champions who fought at that venue and lost their title to an underdog. So Max Bear kind of just became another in a long line of fighters who had been upset there. So it was kind of a running joke with boxing historians at the time. Uh, it, it just I thought that was interesting. And I thought they could have worked that into the script. Maybe it would have worked. But again, maybe Ron Howard made a choice not to do it that way because he wanted to make it more dramatic and up the stakes. But uh, other than that, you know, just some of the action in the fight. So I've watched the fight between Braddock and Bear a few times. And it was 15 rounds, and a lot of it was Braddock just staying outside and jabbing, just an occasional jab anytime uh, Bear tried to get in close. Just boom, just a jab, and then back up. Boom, a jab, back up. There were some exchanges, some heated exchanges, but for the most part, it was kind of one punch at a time in a more technical, slow-paced fight. And, you know, they took liberties with that in the film. They kind of made it seem like it was this all-out slugfest and, and Braddock was hurt several times. There was one punch in the fight that Bear landed that kind of wobbled Braddock a little bit. But for the most part, Braddock was never really buzzed in that fight. He was pretty sturdy the entire 15 rounds. It was actually Bear that got pushed back a few times, but even he wasn't ever really hurt. He was just getting jabbed. and Basically, Braddock just kept him off balance for 15 rounds, and that was his strategy going in. Uh, there was a fighter who had beaten Braddock a few years back who used that strategy to, to beat him, and he learned from that loss and applied it in this fight with Bear. That's another thing that I thought maybe they could have added into the script, but I understand why they have to you know, up the drama of that last fight and make it seem like you know, more of a slugfest than it really was. When you watched it, did you score it yourself? What the uh, the actual fight? The actual fight. Yeah, yeah. Because in in the movie at the end, they're kind of worried they 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 hide up the drama a little bit. That, oh yeah, uh, you know, that's another thing that totally totally just Hollywood. Because base, I mean, right after the fight, after the final bell, I don't even think it was ten seconds before they got in the ring and immediately announced. And the way they would do the announcements back then. Sometimes they'd read the scores, but a lot of times they just get up there and say, the winner is, and say the fighter's name. And that's how they did it. They got up and said, the winner is, or I think they said, the new champion. And that was it. They didn't read out the scores, nothing. They do that now. That's a big difference in boxing now where they learn that that you know, adds to the drama. So they take their time and read every score. Back then, the guy would just jump in the ring, the ring announcer, and just say, your winner is Braddock. Boom, that's it. I think the original Rocky did a favor for boxing movies in general is that it it puts it into play that the main character could lose. Even if you know to a 99% certainty that you think that guy is going to win, there's always that chance that the main character doesn't come out the champion. So they're, you know, they definitely played into that. The only thing I really could have said for authentic um, that I thought they did that that helped the movie, I thought they captured the uh, the vibe of the Great Depression really well, the desperation of the Great Depression and Braddock's life in general, and that that boosted the movie up is have that setting that it was in. I thought they did a really great job of really capturing how desperate the times were and how much he needed this career. Absolutely. Yeah. That's a great point. And, you know, he was absolutely destitute at one point and completely flat broke. 
and needed that money so bad. The actual the fight with Corn Griffin, he didn't train one day for that fight. He had been working, and he had he had a broken arm at one point, and um, they made it look like he worked with a cast on. From what I've heard, he didn't start working until he got the cast off. But either way, he had been working out at the docks. He hadn't been in training at all. They called him up on a day's notice to go fight Corbin Griffin. So um, the desperation he had for money is what got him through in that fight. And uh, I thought that was pretty amazing. I mean, that's an accurate thing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What else in this movie worked for you? I feel like this is a movie, you know, we both said it's a Hall of Fame movie. I feel like there was a lot that just really hit in this one. Yeah, you know, you mentioned uh, the cinematographer. I think his name is Sal Totino. Uh, he wrapped that camera in the foam and then put it in a tire and hung it from the ceiling. That created such a cool shot. And that really was an authentic kind of shot because they're kind of punching in the camera. And it again, as a guy who's been in there a little bit and fought myself, that looked really accurate. There, there's a lot of boxing movies I've seen where the punches, including Rocky, by the way, some of the punches looked really bad really fake, overly choreographed. I, I love some of the camera angles, getting up close. It made you feel like you were in the ring. Um, overall, you know, you mentioned um, the, the Great Depression, capturing all that I thought was great. And I, I really liked the, the chemistry between uh, Russell Crowe and Renee Zellweger. I, I, I believed, you know, that they were a couple and they loved each other. She was so concerned for him, and that was also a real thing. Jim Braddock's wife hated that he fought. She absolutely hated it. And I thought um, Renee Zellweger did an outstanding job. I just I bought the relationships. I didn't look at any relationship in this movie and think, yeah, I don't buy this. It could have cast somebody else. You know, it, everything worked. It was just one of those movies where everything worked. This movie hinges on the legitimacy of those the relationships between Jim and Joe, Jim and May, and Jim and his kids, and they crushed all three of those. They gave you the weight of all three of those. You bought into all of them. The the you already touched on it, but just the chemistry between um between Jim and Joe, between Giamani and Crow, just throughout the whole movie is um is fantastic. And even the chemistry between um May and Joe, when she goes to his apartment and has that that scene where he eats with um where she eats with him and his mm -hmm. wife and they, she sees that they've sold all the furniture because he's he's just sold on he's he's bought into uh to Jim is just it's a movie that hinges on believing their relationships and buying into that and being behind these people and wanting to see Jim succeed for this people and it it does that so well that's it for today's clip. If you enjoyed that one and hadn't checked out the Cinderella Man episode, go check that back out on the feed. It was a great one with Michael Montero. Again, have crazy stupid love coming your way on Monday, one of my favorite rom-coms of the past 10 years. And then stay tuned for Rocktober, Rocky-themed episodes coming at you in October. Thanks for listening. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. 
Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.